Now, Holy Spirit, we pray, come and overrule and overwhelm. Come and do your work among us by the power of your grace, in your grace, and by the power of your word. We pray that that which we say and that which is heard this evening would be in accordance with your word and your will, and you would be glorified, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit through it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Sometimes when something is familiar, we can quite easily take the details for granted. Sometimes when something is very familiar, we actually want to skip over the middle part, just hit the, the, the big point in the beginning and the big point in the end and skip the stuff in the middle. It's sort of like uh, coming to Christmas, we, we want to skip over the details so that we get to the good parts. You know, angels, star, baby born, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. The details are important. And in Luke's telling of the story of the birth of Jesus, he includes details that help us understand not just the birth story, but Jesus himself. And the shepherds are one of those details. I don't know about you, but I often find the, the shepherds to, to sort of be an intriguing lot. The, the shepherds are interesting to me because, quite frankly, I wonder, why them? Now, why them? Why the shepherds? I don't If I have really big news, or it seems like if there's really important news to be shared, really important news to be told that, that you get on, well, these days you get on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook and create a huge chaos and uproar and, and all kinds of the, the you know, the, anyway. And if you're trying to tell really big news and really important news, you go to those places that spread really big news and really important news. It used to be Walter Conkite would, would tell it, right? Why, when Jesus is born, why is that good news, that gospel? Why is it told to these men, these shepherds, who were so absolutely common, so normal, so ordinary? They were ordinary men leading ordinary lives, doing a necessary but ordinary job. They were outside the city of Bethlehem, which is a small city, not a center of power. They themselves were shepherds. They only had power over the sheep. And if you've ever been around sheep, you know that you really only have a certain amount of power over a sheep because, one, they're stupid, and, two, they have a mind of their own. So these shepherds have no power. They have no prestige. They have no position. They didn't do anything that would make them especially popular. They tended sheep. And tending sheep naturally kept them out of town. Maybe they had a winning personality. But if you're out with the sheep, only the sheep know how good you really are. And when the Savior, Christ the Lord, was born, God sent angels to proclaim his birth to shepherds. Why? Well, over the next 45 minutes to an hour, it is a midnight mass over, after all. I'm glad some of you found that amusing. Others of you are like, oh no, he's serious. I watched eyes get wide. Jason's eyes got really big. I want to consider three points tonight, briefly, about why God sends angels to the shepherds to proclaim the birth of Christ. On the one hand, I shouldn't say it that way because I'll end up with three hands. My first point, the shepherds show us Jesus is for all people, especially the ordinary, normal people. 
Secondly, the shepherds show us that Jesus is accessible to all people with faith. And finally, I just want to say a few words about Jesus as the good shepherd. Luke sets the scene for this announcement of Jesus' birth by by bringing attention to that first group of witnesses outside of Mary and Joseph. The, The shepherds are the first witnesses to the birth of Jesus. You have Joseph and Mary. Mary, of course, had to be there. Joseph was there as well, Luke tells us. And then you've got the shepherds. There they are, watching their flocks outside of Bethlehem, minding their own business, watching their sheep in the dark of night when all of a sudden light breaks in upon them. And then you got that. You're out in the middle of night where it is dark. There's nothing that can be seen. And all of a sudden, it's bright as day. Not just any light, not another campfire in the distance, not a handheld torch ablaze with fire held by some messenger, not one of those super high-powered flashlights they sell on TV now that cause seizures you know, that you have for self-defense, not one of those, but the light of God's glory as one of his angels comes, and with the angel, the very presence of God. You look at verse 9 of Luke chapter 2, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. The glory of the Lord as Luke uses it is very similar to the Shekinah glory that you find in the Old Testament. That glory of God that descended first upon the tabernacle and then second upon the temple that brought God's presence into that place. In a few chapters, Luke will talk about the glory of God that shines around as Jesus is transfigured before Peter and James and John. And here, in the very presence of these shepherds, these ordinary people, they have come into the presence of God because they've earned it? No, because God gives it. And it falls down upon them. And Luke tells us they were filled with great fear. The natural reaction, by the way. And this has happened before to a shepherd. Moses was tending his flock when he met God at a burning bush, and his life was changed. And here in Luke chapter 2, this small band of shepherds, in the light of God's glory, in the light of God's presence, their lives were changed profoundly as well. Luke tells us that they were filled with a great fear, and the angel of the Lord said to them, or the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Don't fear, the angel said. Behold. Don't fear, the angel said. Rather than fear, you look. See. There's nothing to fear. In fact, this is good news. This is gospel. And this good news, the angel says, isn't just for princes It isn't just for priests. It's not just for kings and generals. It's not just for emperors and governors. It's not for the very important people. This gospel, this good news, is for all people. This gospel is for normal people, ordinary people, living ordinary lives, doing ordinary things. The gospel isn't given to those who've worked hard enough to rise to a level of achievement and then receive the good news as some kind of reward. 
The gospel of Jesus Christ, the coming of the Savior, isn't just good news for those in power or with prestige or with position. It is for those who have none of those things. The gospel isn't given to those who've been good enough to receive the good news as if God can be backed into some corner and demanded to surrender good news to those who deserve it. No. The good news, the message that a Savior who is Christ the Lord has come cannot be achieved, it cannot be earned. It can only be received. And God, in His great love and kindness, makes that gospel known to all even and especially the ordinary and common folk like shepherds. Having heard the angelic announcement and having witnessed the heavenly praise of God, the shepherds respond with faith and obedience. The angel said to them, Behold, go and see this. And here's what you will see. You will see a child wrapped up and laying into a manger. And so after the angels depart in verse 15 of Luke chapter 2, the shepherds say to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, that which the Lord has made known to us. And in their response, they show faith and they find Jesus accessible to them. The shepherds respond with faith to the good news that God had given them. Amazing news. And in their faith, they desire to see that which was proclaimed, and they do. It's one thing to hear good news, but it's another thing altogether to actually have access to that good news, right? In the ancient world, the birth of a king or a prince was good news for the kingdom. The chances of stability in the kingdom greatly increased with the birth of a male heir. But the good news for the kingdom did not ever mean that the normal people, the ordinary people, would get to see that kid. In March of 2015, our son Declan was born, and that was good news. But his early arrival caused Declan to spend eight days in the neonatal intensive care unit in Pensacola. And being in the NICU meant there was limited access and a procedure to go through in order to come into the presence of the good news of Declan. His own mother didn't get to see Declan until after I did, and I didn't do any of the work. Because of the procedure, the process, there's a difference between good news and getting to be uh, touch it and feel it and see it. And in their faith, the shepherds went to behold, to see, and they found that they had access to a Savior who is Christ the Lord. They found that they had access to the newly born King. They found Him wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. They found this Christ child present to those around, accessible to the shepherds who came in faith. The Christ, Jesus, our Savior, is not like a king or a president that resides behind high fences and locked doors, surrounded by armed men in dark suits and sunglasses. The Christ, Jesus, our Savior, the one who brings the very presence of God with him, is available to all who seek him with faith. He grants access even and especially to the ordinary and the common. He grants an audience to the humble, the brokenhearted, and lowly. 
Jesus is the king who never denies access to those who come before him with faith. He was accessible to the shepherds in their faith. And Jesus is accessible now to those who have faith. And isn't that what the heart of the incarnation is? The coming of the Son of God in flesh. That God has come near and is present in and through Jesus, the Son. And before we move on to our last point for this evening, I must mention one more thing about these shepherds. They received the good news of the coming of the Savior. They went into the presence of the child with faith. And then you notice what they did. They gave witness. They testified to the reality of the Savior born. They praised God. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Any faith encounter with the Savior born for all people and accessible to all with faith should lead to witness and worship. These shepherds, these normal people with faith, they found access at the feet of Jesus. But I think it's interesting that God reveals the birth of a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I find it interesting that he reveals this through these angels to a group of shepherds. And in John chapter 10, the one who is the Christ, the Savior, the Lord, talks about himself by saying, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. The night of his birth, the angel told the shepherds that he was the Savior, Christ the Lord. And later on in his life, in his ministry, the Savior identified himself as the good shepherd who would die for his sheep and who would keep them protected in his hand. The good shepherd is the one whose birth resulted in praise in heaven and whose life, death, and resurrection brings peace. There's a connection between our singing tonight and the angels singing then. Luke tells us the angels sang glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And tonight we sang God and sinner reconciled. We find this fundamental truth. God and sinful humans are reconciled and brought into peace through Jesus, the good shepherd who is Christ the Lord. In, through, and by Jesus' life and death and resurrection, sinful humanity is brought into peaceful relations with God, the Creator. Because of Jesus, the Good Shepherd, who lays down his life for his sheep, there is a new state of being in which there is no longer any enmity between righteous and holy God and sinful and guilty humans who find his favor through faith. Because of Jesus, there is a new state of being, a, a place of peace, of, of harmony, of the Old Testament concept of shalom, as through the life and death of this child-born Savior, this child-born for all, accessible to all with faith, as he atones for sin, removes guilt, and remakes life. 
Through this child whom shepherds beheld, peace with God is found. There's a lot of talk about countries making peace, about people making peace, but peace begins with God. And it is only from peace with God that any true or lasting peace among men and women can spring. Without Jesus, there is no true and lasting peace even among our fellow humans. Country music singer Travis Tritt discovered the peace-giving power of Jesus as he was trying to make his name in the music industry. For several years, he played in bars and clubs that were unruly and outright dangerous. Often, drunk fans would start fights, and when Tritt saw that happening, he would play a very special song. Tritt said in an interview, A silent night proved to be my all-time lifesaver. Just when fights started getting out of hand, when bikers were reaching for their pool cues and rednecks were headed for the gun rack, I'd start playing Silent Night. It would be the middle of July. I didn't care. Sometimes they'd even start crying, standing there watching me sweat and play Christmas carols. Jesus, the Good Shepherd, is the peacemaker. The Good Shepherd, Jesus the Christ, our Lord and our Savior, saves as he died He gives life as he lives again. And here we find our world's only true hope. Here we find the meaning of Christmas. Through this child, born for all, accessible to all through faith, this child brings peace with God. This child brings new life. This child makes peace with one another possible. Anglican theologian J.I. Packer puts it far more eloquently than I ever could when he writes, The Christmas message is that there is hope for a ruined humanity. Hope of pardon, hope of peace with God, hope of glory. Because at the Father's will, Jesus Christ became poor and was born in a stable so that 30 years later he might hang on a cross. We can learn a lot from the shepherds. Details and a well-known story that can be so easily overlooked. These normal, ordinary guys of faith. The shepherds show us that Jesus is for all. The shepherds show us that Jesus is accessible to all with faith. They show us the proper response to hearing the good news of the Savior's birth. Hear, see, and believe. And because of the shepherds, we are pointed toward the good shepherd, Jesus the Christ, whose birth we celebrate tonight. I've said this to you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.